Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard very carefully, like the eyes on a peacock tail constantly staring at everything they do. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm your host. And with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, first up, she steals people's trailers, I guess. I'm not sure how it works, but, you know, we talked about it in the pre-show. Uh, Ann Stickney, how are you up to this weekend? Hey, hi. We're back, by the way. We skipped last week because I was out. We do that when I'm out. Most of the time, I feel like I feel like I need to explain myself. Do I you don't to have explain to explain myself. yourself. No, no, no. Well, brief explanation, you guys. I do the recording <laughs> for the show and I do the audio. I know. And I do the audio editing for the show. So when I'm not here, there's nobody to kind of fill in that role. So usually when I take vacations or breaks or things, I'll come back and do the podcast which means that I'm not really taking a break because I'm still technically working. So this time around, I said, you know what? I just I just want a week of nothing. I just want a week of completely nothing. So everybody got the day off and we, could, and we took the week off. And that's what that was. There's nothing wrong with anything. I just wanted a breather. That's all. Hi, we're back. I spent my week uh, leveling a Nightborn. You remember how I think the last time I talked about leveling that character, I was still in Outland? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were an Outland slash Northrend because you talked about Northrend. So. Yeah. Oh, because I had, that's right. Because I had just, I, I talked about hitting max level there and moving on to Pandaria because I hit max level doing the creepy little kid quest, which is like my favorite quest in Ice Crown. Um, yeah. My Nightborn is 107 now because I did a lot of leveling over the break. Um, most of that involved <laughs> grinding rep with the tillers. <laughs> I can't help it. I love the farm. <laughs> you guys, pro tip, when you hit level 90 in Pandaria, you don't have to go to Warlords right away. You could just do the dailies because there's a million of them out there in Pandaria. Just do those until you hit level 94 or so. Then go to Draenor. You're fine. I promise. It'd be great. Anyway, um, I did that. Did some Animal Crossing. Caught up on some reading. Read some books that I can't talk about. Um, I don't know. Had a good time. It was nice. Alrighty. It was relaxing. I'm glad to be back. Okay, now we're going to introduce Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hi. I, I snuck it up on Mitch this time. What have you been up to this week, Mitch? Well, this isn't related to this week so much as you mentioning a peacock, but when I was a child, I was at the zoo and I got bit by one. And now you're aware of peacock. I understand. You got yep. bit by one? They're mean. Yeah. They're super mean. See the thing, Yeah, I learned that. I used to work at the San Diego Zoo. And by work at, I mean, I worked for one of the kiosks that's like in the zoo. Um, did you sell dipping Dots? No, I um, did oh. face painting and henna, which was fun. I guess that's cool, too. It was super fun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we we had two booths that we worked at and you had to walk by the peacocks because the peacocks are just out there in the front. Yeah, that's that's how the at the Detroit Zoo, they just wander everywhere. Right. So there's this one. He's smart. He's just... I. The tour bus goes through the front, and then it has this, like, little drive that it goes down when it's going around the tour. And there's this one peacock that will deliberately, it like it's like it knows the bus schedule. Because it'll walk in front of the bus, it'll stop, it'll turn towards the bus, it will fan its tail so everybody can take pictures. And then when it's done getting all of the attention, it will eventually saunter off. That's it's interesting because when I was in London, I went to Hampton Court. I think yeah. it's Hampton Court. If it's a different castle, I apologize. But they have peacocks there. Yeah. And uh, they do the same thing to the tour buses. They go out in front of them, and then they do the whole, I'm a peacock. And I'm then, a peacock. You know, Look at my tail. Aren't I glorious? They also do that screaming thing. Yeah, and they sound like a lady. They're all like, help, help. Yeah. They do. Yeah. It, they, it sounds like a lady saying help. <laughs> oh, man. Peacocks I scream, and they, every, you know. Every time I've stood outside of a bus and slash my tail when people are getting off i just get in trouble yes yes you have you don't have enough plumage mitch work on that well, i mean well, that wasn't their only you. complaint but now that mitch is telling you it's this... there somewhere yeah. you just have to find it inside yourself the plumage is there <laughs> the plumage has been inside you all along uh, now <laughs> that mitch has told this disturbing story of being bitten by small animals uh let's move on to some stories about world of warcraft and other games like you know overwatch and heroes of the storm and so forth because we actually got some news this week um which is probably good to talk about uh first up i want to talk about this one so i'm gonna 
Go ahead. Diablo 3 is doing um, a new thing with its new season. Season 13 just ended. Season 14 is starting soon. And they've decided to try something new, which is called themed seasons. With this season is going to be the, the season of greed. And what that means is in addition to all the usual seasonal stuff like the Hadrix gift armor sets and the, the season journey and the season you know conquest and all that, is they're, they're making it so that during the season, if you're playing a season, it, it's not just for everybody. It's just if you're playing a seasonal character. All treasure goblin spawns are doubled. That means if, if all treasure goblin spawns, you get two. If you're in one of those places where you get three or four of them, you get eight. How um, are you so, supposed to kill all of those guys all yeah, at that's, once? You're going to have to try real hard. That's, oh, man. You know, that's, I have a that's hard enough part- time with just one of them, man. They're slippery. There's uh, also some other things to keep in mind. Uh, one thing is that if you get the uh the radio the, the rainbow goblin that opens the portal to Whimsydale, you only get one instance of Whimsydale even if you kill both goblins. So if you get a radi- a rainbow goblin, focus on one of them and kill it because it doesn't matter if you kill both of them or not. They will just open two words, portals. In other words, you can't yeah. you can't clear multiple instances of Whimsydale, you still just get one. Yeah. So exactly. we're greedy, but we're Aww. not that greedy. Yeah, it, there's <laughs> okay. greed, and then there's completely insane. And then there's excess. Also, <laughs> also, if you go to the the realm of greed, the when you get the you know you get the special portal that you can go to the realm of greed with all the treasure goblins and the tre- treasure goblin boss. Ooh. Those goblins don't double. You oh, only get okay. the normal amount of goblins you get Aww. there. Because but I was, I'm always you know short of gold in that game. There it's are, like five hundred million. <laughs> There are <laughs> Just so kidding. many. There are so many goblins in that area. Anyway, yeah. they don't really need yeah. to add more. To, to give you an idea of what that realm is like, anyway, every time I get that ring and create the portal, I usually go in and double my gold at the minimum. And one time, I came out with five hundred gold, five hundred million gold. So yeah, it's not don't... hard to get gold in Diablo. Yeah. Diablo, they just throw gold at you. You're literally just, you could make like armor out of gold and you'd still have enough gold left over to make armor for everybody you know. And so this is a lot of gold in Diablo. But nevertheless, it's going to be even crazier with the treasure goblins. And this is for every kind of treasure goblin. It's the ones that drop blood shards. It's the ones that drop gems. It's the ones that have a higher chance of dropping various uh, legendaries and uh, set pieces, all of them. It's the, you're going to get double during that season. So what's cool about this is it's an experiment. And if it works out, if it, if it, people are think it's cool and like it, we don't know what the next theme will be or how it's going to work. So this is interesting because we haven't seen a lot of new stuff for Diablo in a while. Um, unfortunately. So it's at least interesting to see them doing something new. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plans out. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Diablo in terms of news right now. Uh, I'm going to just reference this real fast. Yes, they're hiring a new artist for some unannounced Diablo project. They've been hiring new people for an unannounced Diablo project for a long time. Six years, Something I, I like want to say. A long since, time since Reaper of Souls came out. Yeah. So you know, don't get your hopes up until you actually hear an announcement. Just that's all. I'm this isn't say. like a new or, or, or this isn't an exciting new development or anything like that. This is they're hiring somebody for that thing. They haven't yeah. said anything about that thing. Every time they hire somebody, we get all hyped because oh man, maybe that means that that thing is coming out, and then they don't announce anything. So yeah. So until you hear an announcement, just stay frosty. It's, if they're hiring someone to work on something that's not finished, and that person is not on the like, hey, social media or promo team. It probably still has work to go. Yeah. But uh, we should talk about the next thing, which Wait, is that... Wait, hang on. I was going to say, since we're talking about greed and gold, can we talk about Francois real quick? Oh, sure. Go for it. Okay. So there's... <laughs> Who's guys... Francois, Anne? Y- y- you know how um, there's that mount that you can get with the mobile auction house vendor on it, and it's like 5 million gold? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like super ridiculous. And how many people really have 5 million gold? Do you guys have 5 million gold? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have five million gold either, so there's like no chance that I'm gonna get that. Well, apparently there's a pet that you can get that's a million gold. Only he's not exactly a million gold. So out in um the Borealis in Tiragard Sound, uh, there's a place where you can go to. It's called Norwington Estate, and there's like fancy horses and stuff there. There's like cool things that you can do. Um, there's this chicken walking around named Francois. And unlike every other chicken that's there, he has like a dialogue option. And if you click on the dialogue option, it just says that 
Francois pecks snootily at your feet. But, and this is the important but, if you are carrying a million gold on you, you'll get a dialogue, a further dialogue option that makes you like jingle the gold in your pockets. And if you talk to Francois again after jingling, all of a sudden he's way more interested in you and he'll give you a Fabergé egg. And that's the battle pet. You click on that and you get Francois as a battle pet. He doesn't take your million gold. You don't lose your million gold. You just have to have it in the first place. That's all. Like, he has, I mean, he's a chicken. What does he want with gold? It, it reminds me a lot, and uh, Slowpoke as a gamer just mentioned this, but of the uh, Farmer Saldine's chicken way back in vanilla. you had Yeah, to... with the special chicken feed. Yeah, you, ha- you, no, you, you didn't clucked. even. Yeah, you clucked, and then you got the feeder. I, I don't remember. It was what on cheat. What you did was you clucked on him. You clucked, you, you did the chicken cluck thing, and I think you did it like. 50 times? 50 times or something like that. I don't know, something ridiculous. And it would pop up a quest, and the quest was to get him special chicken feed, so then you went and got him the special chicken feed and then fed it to him, and then he was like, okay. Did you have to go to the Ancona racetrack to get that feed? Yes. Uh, I remember remember doing that for my wife. Once upon a time, yes, you had to go all the way out to Thousand Needles to go get it. (laughs) I I don't think you had to be on the quest to get it, though. Like, you could could buy it in advance if you were like, oh, hey, I'm here, now let me go over there. Yeah, I just remember having to go get that chicken feed. So yeah, I I do remember that. Oh, Slowpoke yeah. says it was a random chance every time you chickened. Oh, okay. I don't know. All I remember was that I macroed it, and then I just like smashed the macro button until the stupid quest thing popped up. <laughs> yep. And then I got my chicken. So yeah, it is kind of like that, except um, you don't have to make crazy noises at him or anything. You just have to have a million gold in your pockets. Um, he's pretty cool, actually. Uh, he's Obviously, he's a battle pet, so he does fight things. And he's got the pretty standard set of flying moves, like bird moves, except that he comes with Make It Rain. And that's (laughs) the one that'll rain gold pieces. (laughs) And that was previously limited to uh, the knockoff Blingtron and then Little Bling, like the two two really fancy robots. They were able to do it. Nobody else was. So, um, Francois, apparently he's making good use of the million gold in your pockets by throwing it at other defenseless animals. I love it. He's using the new model, too, because he's got like that. You know the new model that they've got? It looks like a silky. The new chicken, yeah. Yeah, they're like fluffy. They're so cute. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm really glad that I've been squirreling gold because I do have a million gold. I don't have five million, but I do have a million. And I am getting this chicken like day one. (laughs) Uh, I really, really wish I were more patient because I don't have that gold. And I rarely ever have the patience to farm the auction house or make it happen. Oh, the other thing that I did while I was out. Okay, um, I got the fishing artifact, and then I leveled the fishing artifact, and then I got best f- fisher friends with everybody. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, I, got, I got the artifact like a month or two back, uh-huh. and then just didn't do the rest. The fisher the friend stuff. thing is like stupid easy, because all you have to do, you get the alternate appearance for the fishing rod when you get to best friends with all of the fisher friends out there. You just, it goes on a rotation, and, it, and yeah, it, it's not I, a yeah. random rotation. It's just a, uh, a cycle. It, they go through a cycle. And um, you can find out who is up that day. If you look on the front page of Wowhead, they list it there. But when you go to that area, if you use the group finder, you can find a group, a raid group of people who are all farming rep with this dude. And you can have it done in like an hour. Best friends in an hour, hour and a half. Oh, Yeah. So this is, you know. This is literally why sometimes I wish this was a video podcast, so that when you guys are talking about fishing, people could see my face as my, <laughs> the life slowly drained out of me. Going, oh, God, we're talking about it. Look, and- all I have to say about it is it was something to do, so I did it. And I'm really glad that I have the fishing artifact, because the fishing artifact is hysterical. It's cool. It's so funny. It's got, like, these little... It's got like these little dangly arms and you don't understand until, I mean, I've seen pictures of it before, but you don't understand how it works until you have it on your back and you see it in motion because those little dangly arms flail back and forth like one of those like things that they've got set at the front of car dealerships with (laughs) wacky waving inflatable arm flailing too man yes yes it's like that only it's a murloc skeleton and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen okay Kermit the Frog as a fishing pole. Um, yeah. At this point, I am going to move us on to a new story because 
Uh, one of the ones that I want to talk about because I think she's awesome and we're finally getting to see her again. Uh, they put Yorel in Heroes of the Storm as the first Draenei hero for Heroes of the Storm. And they're also introducing a, a map that's basically set in Alterac Valley. Um, what's that? Is it called Alterac Valley? It's or Alterac is it Pass. Okay. Alterac Pass. Uh, it's basically, you know, the, if you watch the cinematic trailer they put out for it, it's basically Alterac Valley. I mean, it's not. not I'm, trying. Yeah, I, they, people have been wanting an AV battleground for ages, and I'm pretty sure this is Blizz saying, like, this is an AV battleground, but we're not calling it Alterac Valley because that's why I'm It's saying. not a direct dupe, but it's close, and it's the same kind of. I thought that that was the second. It's been so long since I've done like PvP battlegrounds, you guys. But the second that um, they played that horn, and you know the noise that I'm talking about on the trailer. There, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, AV. <laughs> <laughs> we both know it. It's like, like Pavlov's every... Bell or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I have what? like so many times trying to get in and kill Vandar, <sighs> uh, and it's like, Don't I'm not sure. Bunker. I'm not sure which which faction had it worse. The Alliance had to go into that round room with the wolves and stuff, and that and they were like back, so it was very hard to pull them properly. The the horde, I mean, had to go into that square room where Van could come at you at any angle. It was very hard to pull stuff and, and not. And you had get to cross the bridge of death first to get there. Oh, they both had pain in the butt ways to get there. No, 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 no. Alliance's bridge was way worse than the hordes, which you could find a snow pile and jump over. I, yeah. I will. I will die on that hill. Yeah. The hill that you jumped yeah. over. But the hill was actually harder to get up in the Horde camp. Nope. Nope. Once you got across the bridge, it was an easy run. You could just nah, go it. Nah, bruh. An easy run? Yeah. Nah, bruh. I, what I played were on you playing? Okay. I was playing before a Horde character. Devolves, before this devolves into arguments. Oh, it's already devolved in my mind. <laughs> we should probably okay. actually talk Let's about chill. Heroes of the Storm in your rep. Yeah, I was going to say, let's chill. Let's back up a little bit. Mitch, can you tell us about Yorel? Unsetting big guy. Um, yeah, she is. She's unique in that she is like uh, like all of her abilities have channel times. Um, every single one of them. Uh, and she she walks slower when she does them, which is weird feeling. Like it, it kind of makes sense, but it does feel weird. Uh, and if she channels them fully, they have like a higher effect. Like some of them, it's just straight up more damage. One of them, which the primary effect or the normal effect is uh, knockback. It also stuns them for like half a second or something. If you do a full channel. Is it like that and... Zenyatta thing where you have to hold down the button and then you let it go and it goes kaboom? No, it's a click. no. I think you click it twice, isn't it? No. It... Well, okay. You click it once and then it starts channeling like very first click, it'll start channeling, and, and then, then you have to click it again to release it. Yeah, I think okay. that, I think it might go off after like a like a uh, little okay. while. Like you can choose to release it early as the thing. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure after it's fully channeled, you have a little bit of time to choose before it just goes off on its own. Okay. Um, she also has uh like her trait. Uh, it makes it instant and full like maximum effect. So you don't have to end her trait. I can't remember if it's there's the one that she drops. Packs. Yeah, there's one that she drops on the ground too. She has a really cool ground drop thing that's kind oh, of like yeah, a snorling. yeah. That's that's one of her channeled abilities. Uh, the, the the trait I'm trying to remember. I think it reduces or the trait's cooldown gets reduced every. I can't remember if it's hero kills or melee attacks or ability uses. But there's a way to make it so you can use the trait more often. But her actual abilities. One is uh like I said. Uh, knockback in a cone. I mean, uh, or, uh, yeah, cone. It does damage, or arc. That's what I was looking for. Damage and knockback in an arc, stunned at full duration. Um, the other is an AoE, uh, like, all around her damaging circle, and it also heals her. I believe you can talent it to heal allies. I haven't looked fully at her talents. Um, and then the other one, which you were talking about, Rossi, you can leap to a location. Um, and the longer you channel, the farther you can leap. And it's it's an interesting approach for a hero to have all of the abilities channeled. She looks channeled. very, very paladin. She she is, and that's the thing. Like, which is uh, weird because we've got Uther. Yeah, and we have Johanna, but Uther is a healer, and Johanna's a tank. And I know, like, so we kind of have a so repelly. She's like straight ret, pretty much. I mean, she pretty does a little bit of healing, but not really. So yeah, and Uther, at least when the game came out, you know, he 
had a solid chunk of melee because of his big hammer, and that felt sort of ret-y, but, um, you know, melee pallies are a thing now, or melee holy pallies uh, in Legion have become a thing, so that's less, oh, hey, this is a mix of both, and more, he's, yeah, he's the healer. Especially over time, he's changed. So Yurel is definitely ret pally. Like, she's got the big two-hander. She has self-healing, doesn't really group heal unless you talent, and she takes her time to wind up stuff and then does big damage. But she's a warrior. She's not an assassin, uh, to clarify. She's not like a, a slow attacking warrior. She's kind of a, a big hitting, or not, yeah, slow attacking assassin. She's not a slow attacking assassin. She's a slow attacking warrior who does big hits and also has a decent amount of survivability. But as far as Rhett Paladin-ness goes, I'd say that's the only thing that kind of turns her away from full-on Rhett is that she's not listed as an assassin. But even then, like, it's hard to describe because the classes aren't like a one-to-one thing with Heroes of the Storm. Um, so you can have like bruiser warriors where they still focus on damage more than tanking. And that's, that's I guess, kind of what she is, at least my impression of her is. Also, she can bubble hearth. Yes! She can bubble hearth. It's so cool. I believe it's actually a level 20 talent. Uh, so you don't get it until pretty late in the game, obviously. But she, after a short duration... She pops a bubble and automatically hearthstones. And like, yeah, I, I specced into it on the the try mode just for the heck of it. And like, you you can't cancel it once it's started. So you hit that button, you are bubble hearthing. Like, there's it's not like, oh, I'm gonna use this to go invulnerable for a second and then uh, change my mind and start fighting. No, you're you are bubble hearthing, and that's you, you it. You can't you can't cheese it. Once you hit that button, you're out. The parachute has been launched. Yeah, it's, but it's <laughs> just there to keep them from killing you. It's yeah. not there to keep you them from killing you, so it you can kill them. Serious. And there is divine steed, uh, which uh, I believe it it makes her mount instant. Like she instantly mounts rather than the short cast time. I can't remember what it oh, is. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it also, for three seconds, she has increased speed, and it decays to the normal mount, uh, mount amount over time. Which is, I mean, it's basically, you know, you get a speed verse from Divine Steed, and then you stay mounted. Which, it's almost like, you know, if, if Pally's had it in WoW, except they just use it to activate their mount. But it's, Divine Steed and Bubble Hearth are, are two really, like, they clearly took those from, well, WoW kind of got it from Diablo, didn't it? Either way. She looks cool, um, very unique with the channel effect, and Alterac Valley also looks freaking awesome. Alrighty. Uh, at this point, though, we're going to turn it over to Anne for a second so she can talk to us about something. Yeah, this is also kind of ties into a bit of news. Um, hey, guys, Before the Storm, latest novel by Christy Golden, that comes out next week on Tuesday, which is really exciting because it's a really good book. Um, we have an excerpt that we posted, an exclusive ex- excerpt from the novel that we posted on Monday. If you haven't had a chance to go look at that, I recommend you go look at that. Um, anyway, regardless, in in line with that, uh, for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to, to check out their service. That free audiobook download, you can apply that to Before the Storm. So if you want to pre-order the book, like the audio version of that book, you can do that by signing up with an Audible trial. Um, We obviously appreciate people who support the show. And if you want to continue supporting the show, you can sign up for that Audible trial at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. And if you don't want Before the Storm, you don't have to get that. They have a bunch of other Blizzard books there. And then they have thousands of other books that have nothing to do with Warcraft at all. Um, Audible's pretty great. I don't know. I enjoy it. Anyway, so if you guys want to help support the show, or if you're just interested in getting your hands on Before the Storm when it comes out, you can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Alright, thank you very much. Uh, that does lead into the next thing we wanted to talk about, though, which was there's two things to this one, actually, but so we'll talk about both of them. The first was, of course, that, as Anne just mentioned, Before the Storm is coming up next week, so you should be getting Yay! hyped. But before that, uh, this week, uh, as of we recording on Wednesday, so yesterday, Tuesday, um, they released the uh, latest in the World of Warcraft uh, before the you know Battle for Azeroth comics. This one is about the Windrunner sisters, and this one is basically something people have wanted for years. They this finally was... got the gang back together, and it was all great, kinda. Or was it? Uh, well, you know, you wrote the article about nowhere... it, Anne, so. There was nowhere near as much punching as I thought there was going to be. 
It was restrained. Yeah, it was very restrained. Yeah. They were they were on their best behavior, as it were, as much of their best behavior as they can get. But it's really kind of interesting because in Warcraft and in World of Warcraft, we we've had these sisters all along, and we followed their stories, like where they went after they were done being sisters in Silvermoon. So you know. We first met Alaria back with um, Day of the Dragon. She showed up. That was it. Day of the Dragon? No, it wasn't Day of the Dragon. Oh. Alaria That's was Marisa. in Warcraft. Alaria <laughs> was in the Warcraft games. She was in Warcraft and Warcraft Two. Yeah, she was in those games, and then she was also in the tie-in novels, um, Beyond the Dark Portal, and um, I can't Tides of Darkness. Tides of Darkness. Thank you. Uh, Verisa was the one that first showed up in Day of the Dragon, and she met Ronan, and of course they got married, had kids, whatnot. Um, she was in a couple of the books, and then Sylvanas. Warcraft 3, there's Sylvanas making her debut World of Warcraft. She's the leader of the Forsaken and has been a big character ever since. So we've had their individual stories, but we've never seen the three of them together in one place. It's always been where did they go after they split up? It's never been who were they before then? So this comic is kind of a return to that and we get a look at who they were before then and how they related to each other. And there's this kind of underlying question, because, of course, Alaria has been gone for a thousand years from her point of view. She hasn't seen her sisters in that long. And she doesn't know if there is family left to go back and reclaim. She doesn't know if these relationships can be rekindled. And, of course, Verisa tried to some degree of success in war crimes, but it didn't pan out for very obvious reasons. I mean, Sylvanas wanted her to stay with her in the Undercity, and by stay with her in the Undercity, I mean stay with her in the Undercity as a corpse that she then raises. But Sylvanas didn't tell her that, correct? Like, Mm-mm. No, that never no. came up. Yeah. No, that... yeah, so she... she... Um, she was just driving under the assumption that once Alaria had been risen from the dead, she wouldn't mind because she'd get to be with Sylvanas forever and ever. And it was kind of creepy, yeah. honestly. It, it, oh, it was. But Alaria, no, Verisa's ultimate reason was she she, she, she didn't want to do kids. that. For, yeah, for the sake of her kids. Yeah, because she, she has twin sons. She has twin sons Who from also Ronin. appear in the comic. Yeah, which was kind of great, too, because we've seen them referenced here and there. Um in prose, but they've never made an appearance in game before, and we've never actually seen what they look like before, even. So the comic is actually the first place where we see them. Yeah, which... without turning this into an episode of Lore Watch, yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah, um, I don't want to go into all the things that we learned in that moment or in the entire comic because we'd be here all day. Yeah, we but, will probably yeah. be talking about this on Lore Watch anyway, regardless. But yeah, it was a really good comic. It it's a it's a little bit different from their previous versions because this one the plot was originally pitched by Steve Denuser, the guy who did um well he he wrote the Dark Mirror short story and he's also the lead narrative designer for WoW over there um so he he's known as Morgard and he's got a long and storied history in MMO development if Yes, you don't. he does, going all the way back to EverQuest, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um it it was originally his idea that he pitched as doing like a novella or a short story with. And they said, hey, you know what? Why don't we do that as a comic? And then Christy Golden worked on it. This is the first comic that she's worked on, which is great. Um, obviously, she has experience with it because, again, war crimes. We mentioned that whole plot with Verisa and Sylvanas. That was Christy. Um, and then Andrew Robinson also helped out with it as well with, the, you know, the narrative stuff and also getting it kind of converted to that whole comic format because writing a book is one thing writing comic panels and flow is a different thing altogether so there's it it took a team it took a team and they came out with something really extraordinary and if you haven't read it you should go read it it's available for free on blizzard's website yeah and it it does of all of them this is the one that's most directly ties into what we're going to get in before the storm because sylvanas is a major character in it and uh i'm also going to say if if you think that sylvanas is going cartoonish a little bit in the game you should read this comic because it is definitely a much more nuanced Sylvanas. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. that's what I really liked about the comic is it, it was definitely longer. Like it was 22 pages of panels and art, like 24 total with the title page and stuff. But it was it was slow and deliberate and nuanced, but it was still like it, it told a very good story in that time, even though it wasn't like all 
action or all exposition. It was it was them having a conversation, but it was just it was very good. And it reminds me of and again, you know, because Chrissy Golden was involved, I'm sure at least has part to do with this. But the cinematic of Sylvanas, like the uh, post Legion cinematic where she's sitting at the table with all the leaders, we kind of talked about before how it it also had that nuanced feel. And there was just it was more There's about the looks of, of the personality characters. in there that maybe wasn't there yeah. before. And and that's kind of what's what this comic feels like to me. And I just I loved it. Um, what I was going to say real quickly uh, when you were talking about when the sisters were introduced, Sylvanas was in, originally introduced in Warcraft 3 as a bonus mission that you never had to complete. And it was this real quick thing where you're playing as Arthas and it's like, hey, go kill this uh, night elf or yeah, uh, not a blood elf. elf. Well, yeah, high blood elf. elf. Go kill Go kill this high elf, and then you do, and she's like, no, and she becomes like the standard banshee model. It was, uh, and then later on in Warcraft, in in the Frozen Throne, the expansion for it, that's when she got her own campaign and everything. Did she? Yeah, she's definitely involved in it because she, you know, during the whole thing where Arthas has to go north, it's part of that. Oh yeah, in the Forsaken campaign, there's like this whole section there where you see her and and like all of the scenes play out and everything. And then Warcraft three. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. I, I've definitely played it. I just the very first mission with Sylvan, or very first time Sylvanas appears, is totally optional. Yeah, and yet she still you became could a miss it character. entirely. You could exactly, but uh, not that we couldn't talk about this all day. But we do actually have some Overwatch news to talk about. Uh, one is that they've done a whole new developer update, which Anne wrote up for us, so we're going to have her talk about it a little bit. And the other is that there is is it on the PTR or is it live? The uh, the uh, Symmetra rework. It's on the PTR. It's on the PTR. Um, There's a, well, the developer update mentioned both that and uh, Symmetra, obviously Symmetra has had a massive, massive rework. Um, They've changed kind of the way that her gun works. Uh, They've changed the turret thing. They've changed. She's a defense hero, not support. Yeah. Yeah. They, they pretty much flipped her around entirely. They made her something completely different. Um, She's going prot. She used to be holy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much but she's available to play on the ptr right now if you want to like play with her abilities and stuff the other thing that's on the ptr um that's like major change horizon lunar colony has had several updates and i know we talked about this before um when they were when they were going over like when they had accidentally popped up uh they're actually going to be implemented now so there's a lot of changes in terms of like the layout and where you can shoot from and just kind of making it fair on both si- fairer on both sides of the map so that both teams have a fighting chance. There's some bonus stuff in there that's been added as yeah. well. Uh, there's like a new room with, uh, it looks like... Specimen 8. Yeah, Hammond, the monkey, who I believe was mentioned when Horizon Lunar Colony first came out. Like there were hints about him. Yeah, um, there, Hammond and then who who is the bad monkey? Simon? Simon. Simon, I think, was the bad monkey. Anyway, so... uh, Sorry if I misclassed that. Ape. He was the ape. I think Hammond is actually a monkey. But um, there's some some stuff in his room, in Hammond's room, that kind of implies that maybe he didn't stay on the moon and he actually hitched a ride with Winston to get back to Earth. So maybe he'll be the new hero i don't know people are people are kind of doing some wild speculation on this i haven't had a chance to go in and take a look at it myself on the PT. we are due for a new hero i believe july like if they stick to their cycle like mid-july is when we'll likely see a new hero and the fact monkey (laughs) and the fact that they snuck in this in like advertised as hey we're making the map more fair and just changing layout but then also stuck in something that ties into the lore it's like ding ding Pretty, ding that's a little like, secret yeah, that's, <laughs> there's something there so yeah you can check that out on the PTR too uh, the other thing that the developer update talked about they are implementing a couple of new social features to the game one of them is looking for group they're bringing looking for group to Overwatch and it kind of plays out it sounds like it plays out like the feature does in World of Warcraft, if you're used to using it in World of Warcraft. Um, you can name your group whatever you like. You can create the group to your exact spe- specifications. If you want to make sure that everybody has voice chat, you can make that, like, if you want to sign up for this group, you have to have voice chat. Or, you know, if you want to make sure that you have two tanks for a match, you can go ahead and make that. It's It's basically set up so that people who want like a very exacting kind of group they can go ahead and customize that 
and pull in so players that they know that'll play in those the WoW finder. Mains. Huh? So it's like group finder in WoW? Um, yeah, it's... a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Okay. Um, the other social feature that's coming on the way as well is called endorsements. And oh, yeah. en- endorsements are basically like giving a beep beep good job to whoever is like playing really well in the matches and stuff. Um, you can recognize your fellow players at the end of a match like after the match is over with you know how you already like you rate players with the little cards and things like that you can offer endorsements as well and the endorsements they've got three different categories there's sportsmanship and sportsmanship you can apply to anyone on your team or the opposing team it's just whoever you think was a really good sport during the match um, there's also good teammate, and obviously that's for your own team only, like within the context of your own team. Who was the good teammate? Who was the person who swapped off Hanzo when you really needed somebody to swap off a Hanzo? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also a uh, shot caller, and shot caller is for those people who go ahead and take the lead and say, hey, you know, we need to wait till everybody's here and then go do the rush or hey can we go ahead and get two people to go around this side and we'll go the you know come up with the crazy strats or call the shots basically um it's a nice way for people to recognize players for doing good things instead of what they've been focusing on previously which is you know doling out punishments for players who are being jerks um it's it's a little like the MVP program on the forums, uh, like kind bit. of in, in that you like you can see another player's endorsements, and that player has to like maintain the endorsement as well. Right. It it's not you don't just keep those endorsements at a static rate. It does have like a decay system. So if you're a good player, continue being a good player, continue getting those endorsements. Your level will keep going up. Now, this isn't. Obviously, other people will be able to see if you have been endorsed and what you've been endorsed for. So, I mean, that's like having a gold star on your profile or whatever. But it's not just that. There's also, if you choose to hand out endorsements, obviously endorsements are optional. You don't have to hand them out. But if you do, Kaplan, he mentioned that there was the possibility of minor rewards for people who actually like took part in the endorsement program and endorsed other players. Oh, wow. Um, the other thing is that if you cons- consistently maintain a high level of endorsements from your fellow players, you may be rewarded as well for that. And just to just to make it clear here, though, this isn't like you can't cheese this system, right? Okay, it's not something hey, that you can cheese. Everybody, make a private game and boost if, me. If you get actioned for any negative behavior at all, your endorsements gone, reset to zero, climb it all over again. <laughs> wow yeah so essentially this is just a way to reward people who are being nice and playing fair and being cool to their fellow players and I kind of I dig that I dig that a lot uh, there are uh, two other little adjustments that are coming along too just to kind of um, facilitate all of the stuff that's going on uh, first off you know how we have offense and defense heroes right now those are being smushed together and one category called damage and that way players that are using looking for group they can just specify whether they're looking for a tank player a support player or a damage player honestly there's not too much of a difference between an offense and a defense hero anyway they both do damage it's just kind of slightly different ways so it's it's almost an arbitrary kind of distinction so they're getting rid of it and they're just saying yeah these guys are all they deal damage they're damage players boop um the other change that's coming I didn't in... realize I didn't hear that one. The other change that's coming into play is um how other players view your player profile. Right now player profiles are public, anybody can look at them. Um that's not going to be the case. You're actually going to be in control of that now and you can set it to public like it is now. You can set it to private so only you can see it or you can set it to friends only where only people that are on your friends list can see what see your player profile. Um it won't be on public by default. I'm I'm going to apologize for this in advance, but are you saying that Overwatch has updated its privacy policy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get out. Is, is... Get out. <laughs> uh, I did apologize first. Bong. You're going I was waiting right for you to say it. I was hoping somebody would say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, is all of this also coming to consoles at the same time? Um, I'm not sure. 
I'm going to assume so because he didn't say anything about PC specifically. Uh, okay. the, the other thing to point out is that this isn't the only thing that they're doing with social features this year. Uh, at the end of it all, Kaplan teased more stuff coming in the future and some of this stuff is stuff that we're going to be hearing about very soon because he said there are two brand new social features that are coming out this summer and then there's a third one that's going to be coming out later this year. He didn't say anything about what those things are like no hints, no nothing, just that they're social features that we haven't seen before. I don't know what that could be. I'm stumped. I'm like, clans? What can they? Maybe. Oh, if they did guilds? Well, because aren't they, I mean, they're working on communities for WoW, so maybe they're, and they have, like, Battle.net um, groups. Maybe Overwatch communities or groups or things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that jumps to my mind, and, I mean, that would make it easier to say, like, hey, we have a team, and we, we want to go pro, and, like, I, I know they are definitely trying to expand their Overwatch League presence and make a ton of money off of that, which I can't blame them for that. Um, and having specific guilds or teams or anything like that would be a good way to do that. Slowpoke pointed out in the chat channel, he said, about one of them is tying Overwatch into the new WoW communities. Because they are doing that with Battle for yeah. Azeroth. Huh. Yeah. That I, would be I pretty cool. I, I don't know what the other ones would be. Neither do I. I'm mystified. But what I'm kind of excited. What the other games have that Overwatch doesn't? I can't think of anything. That's why I'm like, Jeff... What are you crazy kids doing over there? Let us know. <laughs> Come on, fill us in. Okay. So anyway, those two features that are coming out in the summer, I believe he said early summer, so we should be hearing more about that at some point in the near future. Summer officially starts in like two weeks. So Yeah, I know. Well, what I'm thinking is if they do come out with a new hero announcement, like you know how they said, you said it yeah. was about time, maybe that's when we'll hear more about this stuff as well. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of new hero, just to, real quickly... Huh? And the the changes. I'm I'm curious now what the new hero is going to be because originally I had you know been kind of mentally thinking it's going to be a defense hero because they added Ana post release was a healer. Then uh, who or not not because of who they released, but the number of heroes in each category rather support and they were, tank. Yeah. They were at a point where defense had one fewer than all of the other categories. But now they've merged them, and that kind of throws my theory. Now they're going to be damaged. Yeah, they're just damaged. Yeah, damage exactly. Dealers. So it could be anything now. So it's like, are they going to add a new damage dealer, a tank, or a support? It's yeah, and even, even, even you, by the damage old dealer would be way ahead if you're going by the new ones, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But even by the old standards, Symmetra was just swapped over to defense, so that would put support at the lower end. I, no, I'm confused and very excited and trying to figure out what kind of hero they'll add. Maybe it's uh, going to be. Or a jetpack cat. Jetpack cat. Jetpack monkey, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. No, I, I, no, it has to be a cat. <laughs> that monkey it's not a cat. Pack. It's no good. It has to be the cat. <laughs> I could see them doing jetpack monkey, but I would riot. Yeah, I would rather have jetpack cat. One person riots, not terribly scary, man. Uh, it's just him stomping in a circle, very riot. angry. <laughs> uh, I can throw a pretty good tantrum, man. Okay. We should probably talk about some emails now because we've got a little bit of time to do them. So if you have an email for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show and not for another show. Uh, Anne's going to read them to us, so if you don't mind, Anne. Yep. Our first email is from Sporkles, the No More Lock, who has the best name ever, uh, who says, Hello to those that watch Blizzard with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. I've decided that the official pet of the podcast and all Blizzard Watch supporters has to be the Wondrous Wisdom Ball. I just got it! Now I have Cadgar's head following me everywhere! That's going to be weird in future expansions when he's not around. There's Cadgar's head still following me. I have his face in my car. His face is on the screensaver thing on my car You're so my welcome. car is a wondrous wisdom ball yes thank you Mitch anyway uh, let's move on with the email here though because there is actually a question question for Mr. Rossi how are warriors shaping up in the beta I took your advice and switched from a fury warrior to arms two months ago and now I like playing a warrior before I felt like I was fighting my spec and not mobs thanks sparkles change back that's, <laughs> that's, your, that's your short answer the long answer is that arms is actually fine in the, the uh, beta 
and it will probably be fine on live. There's a lot of adjustment because the, the entire game is being adjusted. So, you know, certain things are getting changed in tweet, but arms is fine. And if you just, if you decide you just like it, and want to keep going that way, you'll be fine. Uh, but fury got some significant changes that I think will actually help it quite a bit. And one of them is that fury now has impending victory as a talent. Impending victory is effectively victory rush every 30 seconds. Like you, it's a, it's a cooldown ability that heals you. You can hit it, and it's it's the same amount of heal as Victory Rush. So it comes back up if something you you're fighting dies. So basically, it's Victory Rush, but slightly better. Um, and with that added, Fury now has a significant amount of self healing. Plus, they got rid of the thing where Fury took more damage if they go enraged. Right now on live. Fury Warriors take 15% more damage when they're enraged. And you can talent to reduce it. That's going away. They're just getting rid of that. And so Fury is looking to be in decent shape. I don't know if it's raw DPS is going to work out. I mean, we haven't really gotten to a full DPS pass yet. I can't tell you. Fury will be like you know competitive with everybody. They're trying to make it so that Fury isn't as ridiculously dependent on crit. Um, they're trying to make it so that, you know, it scales more like other classes do. So you don't start off weak and then get ridiculously strong at the end of a content patch. So we'll see if that works out. But I would say if you liked fury, but you went arms because arms just had more survivability, you can go back to fury and your survivability will be a lot better. It's not going to be as good as arms, but it will be a lot better. Um, if you just like playing like arms, go ahead. If you like prot, I feel very bad for you. Um, just, uh, Go ahead. Terrible for you. No, a prod is tanks in general are getting a massive threat nerf and it's going to be adjustment period. And a lot of tanks are going to have to relearn how to generate threat properly. Uh, and it's going to hurt. Don't hit the thing until it's got five sunders. Yeah, which we don't have sunder anymore. They I don't think put, that, they, I don't they think put that back in. It's going to be as bad. You are but wrong. That, that's a different discussion. Um, what I will say to Sporkles, great name. Yes, obviously. Uh, and really anybody else, if you, are playing a spec on the beta and at least for leveling don't like it or find it boring slow whatever if you don't like it for any reason try war mode i know people are pvp averse but with the separate faction continents you don't really run into anybody else you get an experience boost and you get three extra talents that are i am extremely reluctant i am extremely reluctant to, to advise that for one reason there's a what? good probability that that will not necessarily make it to live the way it is because it's very, very strong right now. You'd admit that, right? Cause I That's, did it. I went the other day and I, yeah. I went from like 100 to 103 on war mode. It is really strong. I, I think it's going to stay. I, I think need to Blizzard, test out war mode. I haven't I looked think, at it yet. I think it's going to stay. And I think Blizzard intends for it to be as strong it is as it is because they want to encourage people to PVP. And I, I gave this advice to Dan the other day because he was talking about, I believe it was monks being awkward. And he's like, thanks, Mitch. I took your advice. And yeah, the three extra talents make a huge difference. And they have made a world of difference uh, for my shadow priest. And yeah, if you don't like a spec, try war mode. Or even if you do like a spec, try war mode because those three talents make a huge, huge difference. And it's, it's really not as bad as you probably think. Um, other point I was going to make, I love the Wondrous Wisdom Ball, but Taliesin and Evatel have sort of an ongoing joke with that, and I wouldn't want to steal that from them. Oh, okay. What should our our, our pet be, though? Official pet, if not the Wondrous Wisdom Ball? <gasps> Ooh, that's a good there's, question. There's no pets grumpy enough to be me, so I'm sitting on it. <laughs> Are you sure? There's, there's some yeah. Yeti sure pets that could pet? give you no. a run for your money. Not even close enough to be grumpy enough. There's the little angry face guy. There's Grumpling, here's, here's, and then no. there's, there's a pet called Grumpy, man. Yeah, there's but a none pet of them would work. Grumpy. You know what we would need? There would need to be a tiny little cleft hoof baby. There are baby clef- cleft There hoofs. are. Okay, then that would probably be something like that. Yeah, it's a cleft hoof runt. Yeah, they're really cute, but they look depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but they're cuddly. <laughs> they're um, grumpy, cuddly... Little cleft hoof. Baby. I'm trying. I'm trying to just think. like Rossi. I'm trying to think of a battle pet that would work for me, and I can't think of one offhand. I mean, there are so many. I I really like the, and this is not for us, but for me, the uh, unborn Valkyr. That's a good one. Or the loss of Lordaeron. 
I'm oh like yeah. See, I have a, I have a lost of Lordaeron, the little spirit dude. His name is Harold. <laughs> just Harold. He's Harry. Just Harold. Harold. Okay. Yeah, he 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 lived in Lordaeron. <laughs> he met a very unfortunate end. So I'm like, okay, let's just name him a people name. <laughs> Because that's disconcerting. <laughs> oh, this is Harold. This is like when I got the wolf pet from Carazon. Yeah. And I named I named it Thomas Wolf. Oh God. <laughs> I believe every spider in my collection is named Nope. Oh my um, God. Like every spider I have, if I get a spider, its name is Nope. Um, that's, that's a good thing, though. Like that's yeah. appropriate. And then, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. There's like so many battle pets that I really, really like. And every time, like Francois looks like he's going to be awesome and I'm going to love having him. Um, I I think one of my favorite pets, and it's just kind of arbitrary, is the orange tabby cat. And the only reason it's the orange tabby cat is because way back in Vanilla, when I first started raiding, there was this dude in our guild called Tuo, and he played an undead rogue. And Tuo was this awesome dude who was really laid back and chill. And despite the fact that we were on a PVE server, every now and again, he'd be like, I feel like, I feel like walking. I feel like walking to Anixia's lair today. <laughs> and, and there would be like a group of us in, in the guild who were like, yeah, let's, let's just go for a walk. So we would like walk from Orgrimmar. Like RP all the walk? Way. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We just walk and we'd say hello to people along the way. But Tuo... Tuo always had an orange tabby cat with him. And I apologize because my voice is going in and out today. I don't understand why. Anyway, so Tuo always had an orange tabby cat with him. And I don't know what happened to Tuo. I mean, the guild split apart and people went their separate ways. But my orange tabby cat has always been named since we could name them. The second they allowed us to start naming our pets, mine was named Tuo after him. And it, it just stuck. Wish I had a good story like that. Too old Just like giddy. ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh let's do another email here while we have time. Uh, this one is from Silverdark, who's a Morgan Druid on Send in US, who says, "Good day, Watchers. I left Legion around the beginning of 7.2 because I felt I wasn't able to keep up with the raiders in my guild. I'd previously been able to participate in most raid tiers when they were relevant." However, with the beginning of Legion and changes in life, I found I wasn't able to gear at a pace that allowed me to keep up with most of the raid team. I've recently come back to the game and joined a longtime friends guild. He's offered me a raid spot when I want it. Right now I'm planning to coast and just enjoy the last few months of Legion while getting ready for battle for Azeroth. That said, I'm already a little anxious about keeping up and raiding in the new expansion. I love raiding, and I want to participate with my new guild. Is there, do you guys have any advice on how to keep up with limited playtime, or do I just look to find other ways to participate? Thanks for the help. Well, one thing I would suggest is find out what their schedule is. Yeah. I mean, if they if they raid like a couple of times a week, it's a lot easier to keep up than if it's like we raid uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 8, a. 8 p.m. to like 12 p.m., we, we raid five nights a week, and also we're on the hunt for world first, so be yeah, there, be square. There's, no, there's, there's a difference between that and casual raiding. Yeah, if they raid once or twice a week, or like they raid like for like maybe three, three or four times a week, but for like an hour or two, that's a lot easier to keep up with than if they raid, you know, every night for like hours and hours. Um, most semi-casual guilds that I know of raid maybe two nights a week for like maybe three hours, and that's. I'll admit that that's even hard for me to do sometimes because I got other stuff I want to I need to be doing with my time, but I can make those regularly enough that I'm welcome. And it, it's it's not the thing about raiding is like, it, depending entirely on what the guild is trying to do. Like, are they are they insisting you have full consumables, full enchants, all you know, food and flask ready to go type stuff, or are they like you know just show up? Like, you, these are things you need to know before you can really worry about how show much up, keeping let's up. Punch a boss in the face and have some fun. And Which yeah. is it? if your concern isn't so much like, hey, am I going to be able to, you know, if your concern is gear, like if your guild's like, hey, we raid four nights a week, but you don't have to show up for anything but one. And it, this is more of a, a self-imposed, I don't want to hold the group back. How do I keep up with gear thing? Um, in that case, my advice, I'll make sure you get your bonus rolls on a weekly basis. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we'll still have those. Uh, get those every week. Even if you don't really have much playtime to use them, those still will help overall. Also, I give this advice to a lot of people, but don't be afraid to 
use the looking for group tool, and especially don't be afraid to be the leader of that group. Even if you don't know the fights, like if you advertise, hey, this is like a newbie friendly group and I'm trying to learn these and, you know, please have patience. The groups will fill. And like being being the leader, you know, even if you guys wipe, it, there's a different feeling of knowing that, hey, I set this group up with this specific purpose rather than, hey, I'm joining. You know, even if you're joining a group that advertises that sort of style, um, there's sometimes more pressure in that sense. Like you still feel bad for holding the group back. But, you know, if you set the expectations from the get go and you're the one in charge, like people know what they're signing up for. And if they're being jerks, then you're the leader. Kick them like it. The looking for group tool is very useful. Uh, I think it's underutilized because people get intimidated. But it, if you have limited playtime and you want to keep up gear levels so you can raid during raid times, whenever those may be, um, during that limited playtime that's not raid time, try the looking for group tool. Group finder, looking for group, whichever. I'm going to speak from the space of someone who started out this game raiding six nights a week. Which is, yes, that is an excessive number. Um, we were the horde, the premier horde guild on our server um, back in vanilla, which is super long time ago, right? Um, yeah. And I kind of transitioned out of that into guilds that raided fewer nights. Um, in Burning Crusade, I stepped back to a guild that raided like four nights a week, which was easier. And then eventually it transitioned to where it was three nights a week and I was comfortable with that. Um, don't feel like you need to stress yourself out to keep up with everybody because that, that's not fun. And the whole point of raiding on top of, you know, getting the gear and everything else is just to have fun with people. That's when I had my most fun raiding was when we weren't griping about things or anything else. It was when we were just having a really good time beating the snot out of some stuff. And Rossi was there for some of that because he and I were gilded together for a while there. I stopped raiding after Miss of Pandaria. And the reason that I did it was because all of these guilds that did that kind of casual raiding sort of thing had filtered away to a point where I couldn't find one that fit the times that I wanted the, the amount of time that I wanted to spend I could have like transferred servers probably and found someone but I didn't want to leave my server so I would say what Rossi said is really important as far as find out how often these guys raid like talk to your friend I mean this is your friend's guild right longtime friend find out how often they raid and ask him you know what are the expectations him or her excuse me find out what the expectations are for raiders in that guild. Like, what are you expected to have? What are you expected to bring to the table? Do you need full consumables every single night? Is there different rules in place for, you know, farm nights versus working on progression? Um, what do they expect out of their raiders? How many nights do you need to be? Like, what kind of attendance? Like, just talk to them about it. And let them know how much time you have to put in. And see if you can find a match there. Because if, if the amount of time that you have available to put into rating doesn't match what they need, okay, then maybe step back. There's nothing yeah. wrong with stepping back. We always had we always had a few people in our guild who they didn't they didn't really do the raids like they weren't consistently there every raid night. But if we needed like a fill in person, they were there and we could pull them in if we needed them. And it didn't matter if they were a little bit undergeared. We just needed another body that could do you know semi decent DPS or throw out some heals that kind of thing yeah i mean a lot of times a lot of guilds like this i mean at least in my experience like the guild i'm in right now uh if they bring you along they know that you haven't been raiding you yeah. know what i mean they, yeah, they're aware exactly. of it so yeah. they don't if they're bringing you it's because they need a body or because you know hey we've done this a lot you know you want to pick up some gear easy or whatever and i'm not saying that you know you need to be like you know carried i'm saying make sure that you know you and they know what you want you know, and your friend, I mean, your friend offered you the raid spot. So they want they you there. I mean, they want you there. They aren't going to they aren't going to say, hey, you should come raid with us and then say, you need to have this many achievements. No, they want you there. They ask you along. They're a friend of yours. Just have a chat with them. Figure it out. It's okay. Yeah. Don't stress over it. Um, I know that when I was raiding, like, towards the end there, I would log on for raid nights. And usually if I wasn't on for a raid night, I wasn't playing. And it didn't really make a difference. It didn't make too much of a difference. I'd log on very occasionally throughout the week, maybe to like 
get some stuff for flasks or whatever but that was about it I, I didn't have to like pour in the amount of game time that I needed to pour in to keep up with the six nights a week which again I will reiterate was absolutely insane <laughs> I never rated more than four nights a week and quite frankly the four nights a week was killing me so yeah you I think I may have eventually pushed to five six was not I don't remember we we rated we rated um we Every night, fr- pretty much. We had Fridays off. We had Friday nights. We had Fridays <laughs> off, and on Friday, everybody was farming stuff that we would need for the following week. It was nuts. It was serious. Don't rate at that level. <laughs> Not unless I, if, you if don't a have a job. At that level, <laughs> in this day and age, yeah, like you don't need to at this day yeah. and age. Back then. The amount, the sheer amount of consumables that you needed for stuff, because you needed like resist potions and stuff. I mean, it was it was over the top. Um, but you could get away with raiding like a couple of nights a week. Just talk to your friend. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. They want you there. They wouldn't have asked you along if they didn't want you there. So you're in, you're in a good place. Anyway, um, I think that kind of wraps us up for emails. Yeah. Yep. And for the show, I, I think we're at the end here. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And don't forget, you guys, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com slash audible and you could get your hands on Before the Storm with that free 30-day trial, so be sure to check that out. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, if you guys have an email for the podcast, please remember to send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. We do like getting emails, and we answer as many as we can. Anyway, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 